Welcome, Bird Gang. All right, everyone together now. If you have a good quarterback, you have a good chance to win. Of course, if you have a franchise quarterback, well, it's not just about winning regular season games, but winning postseason games. On today's show, the Cardinals certainly feel they have a franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray, so the next step is to advance to the playoffs. It's what the focus has been all offseason long. Also, we'll discuss the depth behind Murray, you know, just in case that's needed, but hopefully not. Knock on wood. It's Cardinals Cover 2, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigaloo and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealu and Mike Jarecki. So we always talk about a player's improvement from year one to year two. The game starts to slow down. There's less thinking, more reacting, more understanding of what it takes to be successful in the league. And I think, MJ, we saw that with Kyler Murray. Maybe not as big of a jump as people expected, but a jump nonetheless. No doubt about it. I mean, you just look at his completion percentage, you know, 67.2 versus 64.4. You know, he attempted more passes. He completed more passes. And, you know, there's a reflection on the 8-8 eight and eight record. And 26 touchdowns first year, 20 touchdowns. He had 12 interceptions, which is, you know, you want to be like 2-1 to one or 3-1, to one, depending on how many uh, touchdown passes you're throwing. And, again, he was very effective in, in the run game when it came to, you know, him being that dual threat. But we know that, you know, you can't live on that, and that's the reason why I think they're – Really excited with their offensive line and some of the running backs. It always, though, starts at the quarterback. We always kind of tease our colleague Bertram Barry on the Cardinals Red Sea Report because as a defense player, you'd like to think that more relies on the defense. And I think once you get to the postseason, and we saw that last year, how much the Tampa Bay defense uplifted that entire team. Yet, how did they get there? Well, they got there with a great quarterback in Tom Brady. Cardinals certainly believe that they have a great quarterback in Kyler Murray. He now just needs to take this team to the next step. And it's not, I don't know if it's so much win totals, 9, 10, 11. I think if you're looking for a goal, regardless of how many wins, it has to be playing past January 9th, that end of week 18 in the regular season. You have to be able to get to the postseason. I would agree with that. And basically it's it's going to be judged on wins, but you know, there's always a, you know situations during the year if you have an injury at a certain position, then you got to take an account of that. But, you know, I look at his numbers in the last two years, weeks 9 through 12, he's 1-7. and seven. Weeks 13 to 16, he's 4-4. Four and four. And we can probably look at that, maybe the shoulder, the hamstring, but it seems like that happens more in the month of December, just the wear and tear on the body. But, yeah, um, I think he's done everything in this offseason from being a better leader being more vocal. He knows what his limitations are. I think he's been humbled where he just can't step on the field and win every game like he did his entire career. And he's got more talent around him. And they've done a good job not only on offense, but I think people are 
falling asleep on the, on the Cardinals' defense, but, and that can really help the offense out. Absolutely, because you mentioned that record, and I do think to a certain extent, you know, it's much like a pitcher in Major League Baseball, a goalie in the National Hockey League. You get saddled with the win or the loss, although it's not all on you. A majority, though, is on those particular players, but you look at Kyler Murray overall, 32 career starts, 13-18-1. and one. That's that's not great. Yet overall, when you look at some of the other numbers, 46 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, 15 rushing touchdowns, I mean, he's accounted for 61 scores just by based off of his arm or his legs. And yes, it does take 10 of the guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, and your special teams. But Cardinals quarterbacks are certainly going to be paid attention to this year, specifically Kyler Murray, as we talk about that position here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And before we kind of do a deep dive on Kyler, just the overall room in that quarterbacks as far as in addition to Kyler Murray. You've got Colt McCoy. He's the newcomer. Chris Streveler returns after spending last season as Kyler's backup. But this was General Manager Steve Kimes' assessments of the quarterback position with a heavy emphasis on Kyler on a article on azcardinals.com in which he spoke with our colleague Darren Urban. Quote, I would say my confidence at the position and in general, it is a real high. End quotes. And I think Steve's got every reason to be high, despite that 13-18-1 record. I think they see the skill set, the talents, and there's no question that Kyler Murray can play in this league. Now, I think what we've seen this offseason is you need to surround him with certain pieces, whether that's on the field or off the field in terms of coaching. And let's be honest, if, if you want to peel the curtains back a little bit, they really hit the reset button by letting Steve Wilkes go and Josh Rosen. and Not that they you know, complete overall on the roster, but they decided to move on, and clearly it was the right decision. And, you know, so Kingsbury's coming into the NFL. He's, he's never been a play caller in the NFL. People will mention his record at Texas Tech. And all of a sudden, you know, the Cardinals have a young quarterback, and as I always point out, when he arrived at Sky Harbor, um, once he got on the tarmac, uh, basically they handed the keys of the franchise to him. I'll, I'll even go back earlier than that. Once Roger Goodell announced with the number one overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, right then and there on stage, the keys were handed to Kyler Murray. Right, but I'm just saying once he arrived, he was the guy. And yeah, I mean, it, it was a struggle the first month of the season. It, the thing is, the Cardinals didn't have the luxury of you know, having a Carson Palmer in the system for five years. Look at how well Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have done. You know, you, you look at you know, Lamar Jackson in the Ravens, and we look at Baker Mayfield, what he's done, hopefully you know, he'll see more improvement the second year. So the guy that I look at is Josh Allen. Brian Dable's been there day one. So and the fact now that they've been together going into their third year, and I think when you start looking at evaluations and self-evaluations, clearly the Cardinals were not happy the way the season ended. And you can start with the GM, um, but I thought they put together a 10-win team, and then it goes down to the head coach. And how are you going to improve that? Uh, clock management, um, you know, fourth down, what are you going to do there? And also, you just can't coach the offense. you got to be a head coach. So I, I did see a difference in the offseason when it came to Kingsbury. So just like Kyler Murray, that third year, you're starting to see him know what his strengths are and what he needs to obviously take a look at as a head coach versus just a play caller. Those two are married. 
Kingsbury and Kyler. And that's just the way it is. And I think what we've seen and what we've heard from talking heads and people who cover the league, whether locally or nationally, when you look at the Cardinals going into year three, a lot of it centers around those two, year three. Well, let's talk about Kyler in particular here because Kingsbury was asked about year three for Kyler Murray. Quote, he's very confident right now. He's mastered our system. You can see leadership qualities continue to emerge. End quote. Mastering the offensive system and that, I think, is a given. He's been familiar with this offense going back to maybe even before college into high school, but it's the leadership qualities that I think we saw a little bit of a glimpse of in his one time that we had a chance to hear from him over Zoom during OTAs and minicamp. I believe it was the minicamp week in which he addressed the media. I thought he looked very relaxed, very comfortable. He was very open and honest with some of the questions that were asked. He gave thoughtful responses. Now I understand it's the offseason. It's not the regular season. It's not coming off a crushing defeat. Yet I do think that the biggest growth you'll see, hopefully, from Kyler Murray is that leadership this year. And I think when, you know, if the Cardinals, you know, you're not going to go 17-0 and in some of those tough losses, how does he react in the post-game press conference? You know, because I think he learned from that too. Like, yes, we all know, but you're also the, the, the face of the franchise and there's going to be times you really don't want to talk, but it's part of the job. Um, so, yeah, but there's a little bit of little things that we see that you could see the maturity couple of national pundits, if you will, about Kyler Murray. Adam Shine, NFL.com columnist, has Murray among his dark horse MVP candidates. And I think even last season, midseason, Kyler Murray was getting a lot of attention because at that point he was on track to do something no quarterback has ever done before. 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards. And there is a belief that, again, if you're healthy, and Kyler Murray has outside of those last couple of games each of the past two seasons – if you have that consistent offense week in and week out, there's no reason not to believe Kyler Murray can't hit those numbers and do so consistently on a year-in, year-out basis. And we talked about it uh, on Cards Cover 2, uh, you know, a prior show, that when this team scored 24 points, they were 8-2. So it wasn't like you know they're, they're trying to win scoring 17 points. I mean, when you put 24, that tells me the defense kind of held their water. And now if you get up to 27, at one point they were averaging close to 27 points a game. And it changes everything where you're you're getting more touchdowns and field goals. So all of a sudden you feel like you can, get, you know, they want the ball. In other words, instead of, you know, trying to force things or maybe they're doing things that the offense isn't capable of in year number two. And I don't think we're going to see that this year. I, I think for, right from the get-go, I think you'll see in the preseason. I don't know how much they're going to play in the games. Uh, you definitely want to, you know, get in there going some live bullets. But I, I, I think when they step on the field in week one, in Nashville, this team will be ready because you could just see the chemistry, the leadership, and the physicality. Another national perspective on Kyler Murray. Chris Sims, pro football talk and someone who played the game and now speaks the game. And I know you really like him and what he has to say specifically about the quarterback position. He's doing a top 40 quarterback countdown. And he had Kyler Murray ranked number seven, which I think speaks volumes. And this is what Sims had to say, quote, He's a special, he's one of the biggest weapons we have at the position in all of the sport. He himself has made that offense. They, in my opinion, just need to open up that offense a little bit more. It's a little predictable. There has to be more variety, end quotes. And that right there, MJ, is a sentiment that a lot of people have shared. 
ESPN's Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears. You look and you listen to NFL Live or Total Access on the NFL Network. We talk about the marriage between head coach and quarterback. There is no debates about Kyler Murray's quality as a quarterback. There is, though, some questions still about Cliff Kingsbury, not so much as a head coach, but just the offensive mind. And can he put Kyler Murray in position to be successful, and I think that's what we're looking for here in year three. And that's something that clearly, you know, they, they got to make that step. Um, like I said, I think the first couple of years, Cliff was still filling it out. Um, I think he's getting better in his press conference. He's never going to tell you stuff, but I, I think once you get comfortable and you're confident in, in your skin, and Chris Sims brings up a great point um, where he says, in my opinion, they just need to um, open up the offense a little bit, a little predictable, and that's that's part of the uh, the air raid. But they they run so much zone read, pistol. Um, you know, he doesn't go under center a lot, so he's in the shotgun. That's kind of the offense. But at some point, you just got to line up and run the football, and that will open up play action. But I, you know, I didn't really think about that last year. Maybe it's just because. You know, they didn't have the weapons, so it's predictable to throw the ball to Hopkins. It's predictable to find who your second or third receiver. And there was a big drop-off you know, once Larry went down and Kirk wasn't, you know, available. And then really, the I think the, probably the third best weapon was Dan Arnold. I think it was Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, and Dan Arnold. We can make that case? Correct. This year, it's going to be totally different. I mean, Rondell Moore is going to be in the top five. So he's got more weapons, and the fact that he came out and said he likes the, the skill position players, he was asked about A.J. Green and he thinks people are falling asleep on him. But I, I think he's excited about the one-two punch when it comes to Edmonds and Connor to where he doesn't have to rely on the running. By the way, I don't, and I do want to touch on the running, but when we talk about a predictable offense, it's only predictable when it's not successful. Yeah. Because if you're doing the same thing week in and week out, and you're just better than the other team, then you do what is successful that gets you W's. The issue last year was I think defenses caught up to the offense and there wasn't enough of an adjustment. Yeah, there were adjustments made, but not nearly enough, obviously based off how this team finished, not getting into the postseason, missing it by one game. So I think when you can have a plan, but when you need to adjust, that's where I think people need to see that next step, not just with Kyler Murray, but with the head coach and the entire offensive staff. Yeah, if, if, if we just look back, I mean, maybe being predictable, not moving Hopkins around. And when they started playing that mush offense where – they are basically trying to keep him in the pocket. And, you know, there are times when I think he did a much better job getting out of bounds, uh, trying to get, extend the ball for the first down. But when they kept him in the pocket, and then when you had Kirk and Isabella out there, and Isabella's running the wrong route, there wasn't any spacing. So when predictability is okay, if they're going to change their offense, and, and Cliff, in fairness to him, he started moving Hopkins around. The offense was able, still able to move the football a little bit, but. Uh, far from a finished product, but I, I'm I'm more uh, optimistic going to this year because the number th number year three because the head coach and, and the quarterback have been together. There was another issue that bogged down Kyle Murray in the offense, and we've touched on it on past shows here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get to that, we'll ask you, Bird Gang, do you want to see this Cardinals team in action up close and personal at State Farm Stadium? Yes, single game tickets are available as we speak. azcardinals.com slash game 
ticksazcardinals.com slash game T-I-X, or you can get a Protect the Nest ticket plan, which features four games, including prominent primetime matchups. There is the red plan, which features the 49ers, Packers, Panthers, and Colts, the latter of which is on Christmas Day. And then there is the white plan. You get the home opener against the Vikings, plus the Texans, Rams, and Seahawks. That is the regular season finale on January 9th. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602 602- 3790102 the predictability of the offense and i think a big reason why is what happened mid-season it was week 11 at seattle first quarter second possession and kyler murray gets sacked carlos dunlap landed on top of him and from then that point on in fact even uh, i believe kyler murray even said that that shoulder was bothering him against the dolphins a little bit but i think it really became noticeable that game at seattle and this offense relied a lot on Kyler Murray. And the most telling, I guess the most telling quotes or what we heard all offseason was the question asked about that shoulder injury and how much of a factor it was. Kingsbury addressed it, and Kyler Murray addressed it by saying this, quote, my legs should be a luxury, end quotes. And I thought that was someone kind of taking a step back, MJ, from the regular season and saying, yeah, I can do it, and I can run for 10, 15 yards, maybe on every series. But for us to be successful as a team, I can't be the total focus of this offense, whether that's running or throwing the football. And then Murray added that he thought it was a good thing that this team went through that because, quote, it was a lesson for us. We can't be one-dimensional as an offense, end quotes. And let's hope that lesson has been learned going into this season that, If you want to be a pocket quarterback, which Kyler Murray has said repeatedly, he would much rather stay in that pocket and get the ball to his receivers and let them do the work as opposed to him having to do all the work. Now, it does have to be a part of the offense, and I don't know if you want to do like a a percentage of it. I don't think it has to be 50-50, but that ability to run, which I think sets Kyler Murray apart from every other quarterback in the National Football League outside of maybe Lamar Jackson, but that running ability, maybe what, 10, 15, 20%? I don't want to see it too much, but I do think it's a valuable asset that Kyler Murray has that should be used. With the addition of Rodney Hudson, clearly he's going to help make the calls. Um, he's one of the best centers in football. Yes, he's changing uh, conferences, and you know it's going to be interesting just the matchups in the NFC West alone, let alone the rest of the games. And then you, you we'll find out what happens at right guard. Um, but to me, Kyler with more protection, and you know you usually want to get rid of the ball less than three seconds. But I think he's got to he's got to let the play develop a little bit more. And I think with having Hudson out there versus Mason Cole, he was getting pushed back. And at that point, you have to make a split decision: do I do I try to get out of the pocket? And I want to see him doing a much better job throwing on the run because if he is going to extend the plays with his legs and he can th- throw from the right hash mark to the left uh, on that out pass to hop, you know there are times he's going to have to roll out across his body and make that throw. But I think if he just stays in the pocket a little bit, and I'm talking like a, a second, because Drew Brees, when he throws it, he steps on his toes. You know, Russell Wilson kind of finds creases. In, in, in college, he didn't get a lot of bat at balls down. It seems like maybe early in the season gets bat at balls down, but they correct that trying to throw through lanes. But if he can stay in that pocket a little bit longer and step up, 
I think that could be a difference of him being more of a, you know, the guy that really wants to be a pocket. I, I know in his, in his heart he wants to because he sees, you know, let's be honest. I mean, if you throw in a 15 to 20 yard pass and you get 25 yards, it's a lot easier than lining up and trying to run. And that's part of their offense, but it's splash plays. It's get, get plays that it's going to move the chains. And you can, and when they move the change, we always see that uh, up tempo offense. They're not huddling and they're not, you know, snapping the ball with 25 seconds. So, I really think with the addition of Hudson, stay in the pocket a little bit longer, let the play develop, and then utilize your skill set if you have to throw outside. Mina Kimes agrees with you. Recent episode of NFL Live on ESPN mentioned that Kyler Murray's running was not the problem with the offense. Quote, the problem was the fact that his passing, in particular his intermediate passing, did not develop last season as I think people hoped it would. End quote. We know Kyler Murray can make that short pass to DeAndre Hopkins, whether it's a quick screen or a quick slant. And then he was very successful on the deep passes, the the long bombs, if you will, airing it out, whether it was to D-Hop or to Christian Kirk specifically against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Yet what happens when, as you say, you, you need 10 or 11, not just the short and not for the home run? How effective are you? And then that comes with maybe buying a little bit more time in the pocket, being able to go both side to side and throwing on the run, whether that's your strong side or your weak side, which you know, no quarterback or no coach on the sideline wants to see his quarterback throw across his body across the field. Sometimes it can be successful, but that certainly takes a lot out of you. But yes, and that I think is where it was so important to have the entire wide receiver group in attendance for OTAs and minicamp to work on that chemistry of the timing. No, it's not full speed. No, there's no defender in your way. It's just knowing where to place the football, where these receivers like the football, and just being a little bit further ahead instead of using the training camp practices to do what you should do in the offseason. Just think, a year ago at this time, besides Murray getting the guys to go to Dallas for three days, I mean, they're night and day ahead. And the fact that A.J. Green went to Dallas for a couple days and he was here. and So they're, they're way ahead of the curve. And the fact that Rondell Moore was taking reps with the first team. you know, So it's going to be interesting. I just, I mean, to me, the timing and, and all that, maybe it's going to be an adjustment because of Rondell Moore's speed and then A.J. Green's route running. But for the most part, though, they've had a ton of reps before they even step into training camp, let alone preseason games and the regular season. I think they will go a long way. And it's a trust factor. i got to trust you. Yes, and I think that comes with sharing time on the field and maybe even a little bit off the field. And look, Bert Gang, there is a lot to like about Kyler Murray, and now all we're doing is is literally nitpicking. What what is what is separating him and this offense to going from good to great, great to outstanding to where this team is perennial playoff contenders because you look at the overall numbers you brought it up 67 percent completion percentage of more than 3,900 yards 26 touchdowns and then you look at his rushing totals 819 a team best 11 touchdowns average better than six yards a carry all great numbers and it puts him at the top or at least amongst the I guess you'd say the middle of the pack when it comes to passing yards, passing touchdowns, and completion percentage, but it's the rushing numbers that really elevate his status to where a lot of people believe he can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Well, to me, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks out there. I mean, 
I think Josh Allen, I think you look at his size, he likes to run. He's physical. He'll he'll get that first down for you. Obviously, Lamar Jackson in the open field is dynamic. But I, um, to me, with Kyler with that four three three speed, and I think uh, Lamar Jackson is probably similar. He's he's got more experience. He's 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 been in the postseason. But from a dynamic standpoint, I, I, I'd put him up there in the top two or three. Now, go back to the first year, forty eight sacks. I want to say twenty nine were on him. Correct. Correct. Three hundred nine yards down to twenty seven sacks. 176 yards. So they they cut that in half and give credit to Kyler Murray, but also the offensive line because they take pride in him not getting hit. Yeah, and that is something that even Kyler admitted to after his first season that, look, this is – I need to do a better job, and you can't run around in circles and certainly turn your back to the defense because that certainly – it puts the offensive line in a vulnerable position, especially on the tackles where they don't know where the quarterback is. And I do think having Kyler Murray and this offensive line pretty much consistent for the most part since he's been here, especially on the left side with DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh, that they are more aware of what Kyler Murray can do, wants to do. And then you have that clock in your head. You're blocking for, you know, a second and a half, two full seconds. And then maybe you try to kind of feel where Kyler Murray might be. But you've always brought up that if you have Rodney Hudson and you bring in a Brian Winters or it's Justin Murray on the right guard and you form that backwards or upside down you, and instead of Kyler Murray drifting or going backwards, he now can step up in the pocket and that further will buy him some time. And give Kyler credit. I mean, you know, the first year he was kind of just sitting when he was going to take a hit. You know, I know he doesn't want to run as much as he has in the past, and he was on pace for 4,000 yards passing and 1,000 rushing, but he doesn't take a lot of big hits. Now, we look at, you know, the shoulder, the Dunlop plate. Sounds like maybe he hurt in the Miami game. The hamstring is just going to be something where he's, when he takes off, that's going to happen. You would think it would happen more in cold weather, but he doesn't take those big hits and really. When I look at his numbers, I mean, he had 544 yards rushing his first year, 819. And then you look at it, I mean, 4-4, I think it was like close to 1,100 yards yards before contact. So, again, I wanted him to be a weapon, but if you sit in the pocket like he wants to do – then it's a, it's kind of like pick your poison when you defend Kyler Murray. Yeah, and you have to kind of make that choice early on once that ball is snapped. And sometimes if you're good enough to react as a quarterback, you can catch that defense off guard. Well, I remember the Cowboys game, just how he walked in at the touchdown there. And, you know, go back to a couple of years ago when he made that nice run and then I think Gonzalez came in and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That, yeah, that was the game. Game winner, yeah. Yeah, and they and – they, yeah, so I mean, there's there's times when I he kind of high steps in a little bit, and kind of puts the ball out, but you don't want to take that away from him. No, and I don't I don't want to see it taken away. Just maybe I wouldn't say less of it, just not as much as we saw it to be the starting points of the offense. He shouldn't have to run the football to open up the rest of the passing game. To me, it's it's if you're if you want to run to open up the pass, which we've said you have to, then let that be Chase Edmonds, James Conner, or someone else, and don't put Kyler Murray in unnecessarily harmful positions or in harm's way, if you will. Maybe that's better better way of saying it because the the less hits that he sustains, the more apt he's available 
all season long. And when I say available, yeah, he started all 32 games he's played, but the last couple of weeks of the regular season, especially last year, uh, you know, week 17 at the Rams, if he's healthy, the Cardinals win that ball game. I think it was very winnable at the time, and that injury happened early on in that contest. And then, obviously, the Cardinals win that, and it's a, an entirely different narrative in the offseason. Now he's going to have to uh, stay healthy for 17 games. <laughs> the bar is always being raised <laughs> on Kyler Murray, but he's he has the bar raised himself, and there is no more anyone can say or do to put undue expectations on Murray's shoulders because he's going to do that himself. Listen, when he gets in the open field, he reminds me of Devin Hester. That's how dynamic he Now, we know that he can outrun uh, sometimes linebackers and defensive ends because of the angles he, they take. But he's breaking ankles when it comes to DBs trying to because they don't know which he can turn on a dime. Um, they're trying to size him up, and and at that point you're just trying to maybe force him to go out of bounds. When he's in the open field, he is dynamic. It is fun to watch, and Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley listening to them Pash on the play call, and then Wolf with the reaction on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. It is a lot of fun to listen, and if you are again in person, make a point to go to State Farm Stadium. Single game tickets, azcardinals.com slash game ticks, azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. One last point on Kyler Murray before we kind of focus on Colt McCoy and Chris Trevler here as we talk all things quarterback on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of Ron Wolfley, he has been very vocal, as have others. Rob Fredrickson, who we do the show with on Cardinal Talk, about wanting to see Kyler Murray under center where do you stand on that I think according to pro football reference Murray was under center about 16 percent of all snaps there are over a thousand snaps and 16 percent of those he was under center now some of that bird gang is kneel downs and some of that is spiking the football so those are other ways you can have under center that at you know there's a reason why you want to be under center for spiking that's to make sure that not enough time goes off the clock and then when you're kneeling down at the end of the half or the end of the regular or the end of the second half obviously things looking very good for the cardinals but having murray under center a little bit more does that or doesn't it open up things a little bit for him the way i look at that craig is this offense is predicated on the RPO, the zone reads, the pistol, you know, maybe every once in a while, but I, I don't think it, they should go out of their way to, to pease the outside. Well, he does, he's not under center as much. I mean, they say Lamar Jackson's going to be under center, and Kingsbury was on with uh, Schrager and Sean McVay, and he said, I'll believe it when I see it. So I don't think they're going to change their approach there. And when you get into, you know, the third and twos and the fourth and ones, you would like to have him under center to hand off to Connor or, or Chase Edmonds. But also, you, you know, Kyler's a guy that either he can – the RPO is really you can hand it off to the running back, you can run, or you can pass it. So there's there's been times where he puts the ball in the belly of the running back and he looks to the right and he's wide open to run to the cone. So, again, I think on short yard situation, that's where I would lean on under center because – you're right there and you just hand the ball versus four yards behind a line of scrimmage where something could happen. Yeah, the what do they say? The the quickest point or the quickest distance, the shortest distance between two points, as I get my analogy correct here, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Well, you can go even further. The, the quickest way to get there is starting 
at a shorter distance. Yes. You, you back up four or five yards in the shotgun, and then all of a sudden you're making it more difficult. That's that's what I don't like about the shotgun in short-yarded situations where you're trying to sneak it or you're trying to just get two or three yards. Yes, just pound it between the tackles. Don't try to get cute, and I think that is a lesson that has been learned. Now, it's one thing to say under center in the offseason, as the Baltimore Ravens have done. It's another thing to actually execute it and really go out and show everyone you're doing it. And it wouldn't be a surprise if the Ravens adjust or it's one of the things where maybe the Cardinals follow suit. Maybe you do see a lot of it in week one and week two just to have it on film and then you don't use it hardly ever the rest of the season. I guess we should ask Rodney Hudson what he prefers. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, there are, I mean, they had a huge offense line. I mean, they are like 6'5, six, 6'6, six, 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 across the board. And there were times that, you know, with Josh Jacobs, they would have Derek Carr under center. Now, you know, a lot of centers, you know, as long as the snap, you know, the snap goes back, I got no concerns with Hudson there. But he may want to line up on fourth and one and just have somebody under center and let's just explode off the ball. Yep. All five guys explode. So, again, it, 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 it's going to come down to down and distance and then the play call. But if you got a guy like Hudson up there where he can maul people, that can change a little bit of philosophy with the play call. All right, let's continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And, yes, Bird Gang, I'm knocking on wood here that we do not need to see a backup quarterback in 2021. The question is, who is that number two quarterback? Who will be, at least on the depth chart, the backup to Kyler Murray? Kingsbury this offseason asked about that with respects to Colt McCoy being signed in the offseason, and Kingsbury said there's going to be competition. And I guess... To a certain extent, I understand, yeah, you want to put the best guy out there, and whether that's McCoy or Strebler, but I'll say this. Um, if it's not Colt McCoy as the backup, I'll be more surprised, shocked really, than I was a year ago when Strebler beat out Brett Hundley to be the backup. And then we get into that whole conversation in Week 17 post game, and everyone wanting to know, well, what, what's wrong with Brett Hundley? Well, Follow along, and he's been inactive all season long. So that page has been turned. But I was a fan of the signing, first and foremost, just to get someone in that room with some experience. I didn't have Colt McCoy in mind or anyone in particular. I just wanted to see a veteran that can come in and be a sounding board, offer some advice, us offer some criticism, if you will, to Kyler Murray in that room. And I think the Cardinals got someone who, in the words of Kingsbury, quote, we couldn't have gotten a better guy to come in and really set an example, end quote. And if that's all Colt McCoy does in 2021, I'm perfectly satisfied with that signing. Yeah, the only thing Kyler doesn't like, he went to Texas. <laughs> That's true. Now, Colt McCoy, I, I want to say, I believe he was on a podcast, and I sent you the quotes uh, when it happened. He said, quote, I've only got to spend three weeks with Kyler, and he's been great. He's so talented. There are things that he does that I can't do. Not many guys can. He's experienced a ton of success in his career. He went on to say, he's taught me a lot about the offense. I asked a lot of questions. We've taken it to the field. We've worked on some things that I'm excited about this year. There's a lot of talent around us, and we just need to be consistent, turnover-free football, and let the rest happen. Yeah, that was, a, that was a recent radio interview in Austin, Texas. And I do think you know it's the only time we've heard from Colt McCoy. He hasn't actually had an introductory press conference. I believe the day he flew in to sign – 
was following the birth of his third or fourth kid. So it was a busy day for him, and then we just haven't had a chance to hook up with Colt McCoy. But I do like the fact that not only is he here, but there is, I think, already a respect factor for Kyler Murray, and maybe Colt McCoy doesn't have the numbers as you know someone who's entering his 12th season. He's predominantly been mostly a backup in his career. But you mentioned the going to Texas and Kyler Murray first at A&M and then Oklahoma. But that area, Kyler Murray is very familiar with Colt McCoy and what he did in high school and college. And when you're growing up in that area, you put that quarterback on a pedestal. And that's where Kyler Murray wants to be. And I think he certainly surpassed what Colt McCoy did at the high school and college level. And now all of a sudden he's trying to put himself on a pedestal at the NFL level. But that respect factor, you bring in someone that maybe they haven't met. I don't know their relationship before coming to the Cardinals, but it's knowing who Colt McCoy is as a quarterback and not just a quarterback, but a Texas quarterback. And what I like about Colt McCoy, he knows his role. He's not coming in here to, you know, take, Kyler's job, that's not happening. I'm sure all that was discussed. And if he does have to play, he's got experience. And you you don't want the offense to change a ton. Um, but the fact that he has NFL experience, he can recognize defenses, I'm, you know, that's something that Kyler and him are, are going to do when they're watching film session. Um, they cannot do what they did last year with Chris Trevler. That's not That can't happen again. No, you have to have a capable backup who can win you a game or two or for whatever reason, starter goes down for three to four weeks. You're comfortable for that number two guy to come in and spell you for a month if you need to and actually maybe even win you a couple of ball games so you're not falling off the playoff race when the starter returns. That's what I wanted to see. And based off of Week 17 at Los Angeles, that cannot be Chris Strebler. It's a little unfair to him because it's the first impression. Well, the first impression for me is, okay, you need to go find someone else, and the Cardinals did in Colt McCoy. Yeah, and I think Cliff said that on, on one of these podcasts where you know he, just, he, had, he had no training camp, basically. Or he had training camp and no preseason yeah. games. And, and I thought they when they brought him in, it was more of a Tyson Hill thing. And, and we got a chance to see him early in the season, maybe week one, where they took Kyler Murray off the field, and that never happened again, um, just for the record. And so I just like the fact that, you know, um, you know, with Cam Turner now kind of more hands-on, you got Colt McCoy in there, um, you got Burko. I just like that room now because everyone's pulling the same rope, and we'll see if they keep two quarterbacks on the active roster. Oh, I think they. I think two is the number, and then what do you do if you try to get a third quarterback on the practice squad? But I, I, I'd be... I would think Streveler. Just you got to give him a chance, and you know, hopefully he doesn't have to play right away. But they're kind of intrigued with that um, low salary, unless somebody gets released. But I think they'll go in with two quarterbacks. It gives you another roster spot. If you want to go heavy at a certain position, and then they can slide Streveler. Like I said, there's still going to be the 16 man uh, practice squad, and I think they're going to load up at certain positions. I just think quarterback, they'll just add one. If a third quarterback is on the 53 man roster, I, one, I think that's more of a luxury than a necessity. But if that does happen, MJ, I'm going to go on record in saying that that to me is an indication that that number three quarterback, it's because they have a package in place for. Chris Streveler or whomever, that Taysom Hill to come in and try to change things up. But 
Uh, let's go back. We we did see that early on. In fact, Strebler was on the field the first three games of the regular season, and then we didn't see him again until week 11, and that was on special teams because I think um, – I, I don't believe Kyler Murray likes coming off the football field, and, and that's a signal to the defense that, well, we're going to do something else even if Murray is on the field but he's lined up as a wide receiver. I, I, I'd be very hesitant to do that because the best way to gain a first down, score a touchdown, win a ball game is Kyler Murray as your quarterback. Well, you wonder, you know, Jeff Rogers, we know there's about five to eight guys, and I'm not talking about the long snapper, punter, or holder slash um, kicker. Um, he does – he could – cover uh, special teams I don't know I mean they talk about his speed I don't I don't know if it's four four or four five but he could be a guy on the outside that's covering kicks but again usually a backup is is uh, is active on game day to play on special teams you hear you're going a little bit deeper there but you know we'll see how how, how much he's involved in the special teams when it comes to camp I you know what now that you mentioned it I didn't account for that but as we've seen you're listed as a running back or right. a linebacker but the majority of your snaps are on special teams to where maybe Strebler is that punt protector I, I mean I, I I'm just, somebody's got to replace Dennis Gardick until he comes back that's true and, and I think they're comfortable with Zeke Turner Tanner Vallejo uh, we know that you know some other guys uh, some of these rookies that are were in this class are going to be on teams Isaiah Simmons can be that guy it's going down covering kicks it's an interesting wrinkle that you just uh tossed out there that now kind of has my mind spinning and maybe I got to go back and say well if a third quarterback is on the 53-man roster maybe there's a little asterisk because it's not a quarterback it's more a special teams player because Strebler has done something in the eyes of Jeff Rogers to say hey you know what I can be a part of special teams and yeah in an emergency a real emergency I can go out and play quarterback I mean he's a football player I mean you know in the CFL didn't come easy to him again I think it's a luxury dress three quarterbacks on game day maybe maybe they can change his number he's a position player you know like a tight end or something but that's not going to happen <laughs> tight end everyone wants to play tight end all of a sudden it's become a popular position because well you know no need to go in with the uh, Larry Fitzgerald route but yeah the tight end position has become very popular this offseason as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals you brought up Cam Turner and it's a name that people have asked a lot of questions about because he wears the hat on the sideline and people are wondering who is Kyler Murray talking to last season he was the assistant quarterbacks coach he was promoted this offseason to quarterbacks coach replacing Tom Clements who has since retired now Turner's been on the staff for three seasons but I think a lot can be talked about as far as Cam Turner and the relationship he has with Kyler Murray. In fact, Murray, I believe it was your question, asked about Cam Turner, and he, Murray said, quote, me and Cam have a great relationship, end quote. That is important, especially a couple of things. One, you need someone on that sideline that you can talk to, and it can't be Cliff Kingsbury because he needs to have his eyes on everything else and not divert his attention always to the offense. And I do think you can't say enough about what Cam Turner means in that room and Colt McCoy means in that room as far as uplifting Kyler Murray as an NFL player. Not skill level, not skill set, but the leadership and just realizing you're the face of the franchise. What you do and what you say gets magnified a hundred times over. So you have to be wary of when the cameras are on you and what you say. And I think those two individuals, Kyler Murray certainly respects and listens to. 
I think Kingsbury has the right approach. You know, clearly when Kyler comes off the field, you could just see his facial expressions. Maybe overthrew a ball, they couldn't pick up a first down. It, it, you know, clearly, you know, he wants to move the chains. So Cliff doesn't go over there right away, and then you let Kyler sit down. You know, you, you could see he's looking at you know the score and everything else, and then finally Cam Turner comes over and they'll start looking at the Microsoft uh, pads. And then they'll and then they'll have conversation. And then finally, Cliff will come over. Maybe when the defense is on second or third down. But I, I like Cliff's approach. The last thing you want to do because he if he made a mistake or he missed an open receiver, you don't want to remind him. Hey, just move on to the next play. Don't 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 you know don't uh, let him uh, fester to something bigger. So I, I like their approach when they allow him to be on the sidelines, but I, you're going to see Cam Turner over there because they're trying to figure out what they want to do next when they go on the field. And it's okay to be frustrated as a quarterback or as a player. The great ones get frustrated when things don't go right because nothing goes right 100% of the time and what your natural reaction is to show frustration and it's going to happen. Yet I think, and we got a lot of calls on Cardinal Talk about it, that, you know, the camera always found Kyler Murray, and it was always in situations where he was disgusted, upset, or just wasn't in the game, just by stuff, reading facial expressions and stuff. And it's like you know, you're you're trying to make, uh, you're trying to take one snapshot and all of a sudden kind of blow it up into this large picture and kind of figure out exactly what Kyler Murray was thinking or doing on that particular uh, play or situation. I think that you can't do that, but I get it when you're watching it on television and you see certain things and all of a sudden it's like, well, that's not good. Or does that lead into something next series, next quarter, next week? Um, but I do believe that when you have someone, and it might not just be Cam Turner, maybe it's maybe it's Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy sitting together with with the Microsoft tablet and just discussing things. Uh, and now you've got two guys wearing hats, Cam Turner and Colt McCoy, look like a flanking Kyler Murray trying to figure out, all right, what can we do better on the next series? Usually he sits at the end of the bench, so you know Cam and, and Colt can be there. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's. What happens is if you turn the ball over or you were sacked, the television cameras as they're going to commercial break, they they have an ISIL on the sidelines, so they're not going to miss anything. But you know, listen, if he's upset, that just don't let it carry over to the next down or the next uh, possession. Bottom line, when you talk about quarterback, and obviously a lot of this on Kyler Murray, I am certainly expecting big things. As is Kyler Murray. I mean, no one wants to win more than Kyler Murray. He is certainly not used to ending his seasons without postseason on the docket, and he hasn't had that. So uh, we can be frustrated, we can be disappointed, but there is no player more disappointed at the end of a game or at the end of a regular season that doesn't include the postseason than Kyler Murray. So I do believe that as much as we talked a year ago at this time about year two and Pat Mahomes and everyone making that jump from year one to year two. Uh, I like your analogies or your comparison with what Josh Allen did in year three. And I think, you know, we're always going to focus on the quarterback position. But um, if you're the general manager and Steve Kime, as we began this show talking about the quarterback's room and his confidence in those players, in particular Kyler Murray, uh, it's better to have a franchise quarterback than searching for one. And for a while, this team was searching for a franchise QB. 
And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I mean, it, the way he's he, he's trending in the right direction, now, again, he's going to be judged on wins and losses, getting to the postseason, but the future is bright at that position, and he's, he's still young. He's still learning the position. So um, clearly it was the right decision moving on from Josh Rosen. Yeah, and we talk about patience, and it's easy to do that here, MJ, in the offseason. It's difficult to preach patience patience when we're you know week six week seven and you're like let's 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 go you know what what are you waiting for and that's why I think you know week one against Tennessee right out of the gate win or lose there's going to be a lot of people figuring out okay what does this one game mean for the rest of the regular season well you know I hope it doesn't derail the season I know B train was on that a couple a few years ago when they lost to the Patriots without Tom Brady and they had some linemen out but to me, it's it's yes, you want to get off to a good start, okay. But it's it's how you you got to be consistent. You got to learn how to finish games. It's really what you do at the end. But you want to have enough wins to where you're jockeying for position. I mean, let's be honest. Come back in week two, you're playing a really good Vikings team. A lot of people think that that defense is going to be a lot better, and that's where Mike Zimmer kind of uh, makes his hey. They've had a four or five new players, including Patrick Peterson, and they feel comfortable. With our offense, they didn't tweak with that a lot, but they think defensively, uh, we know the Titans are going to be physical, so you know you just don't want to get off to a slow start. But if you lose the first game, you learn from the, the mistakes, but their, their plan is to go in there and, and get into a, a dogfight. Getting up for week one, week two should be easy, real easy for this Cardinals team. Yeah, I mean, again, there's 17 games. They know it, and last year they got off to a 2-0 start against division opponents, finished 2-4. and and then they were five and two and six and three. We know what happened at the end. So it, it, at some point you got to move on, but you learn from that. And the Cardinals certainly believe they have, in particular, they have with Kyler Murray leading the charge going into year three, an important year for the Arizona Cardinals, looking to get into the postseason for the first time in five seasons. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.